Welcome to another week of Fabrengin on the Sicha, Fabrengin on Ear. This week we're going to be discussing the world views of Aaron and Moshe, which we'll get to later in the Sicha. The Sicha begins with a Rashi, and we're going to delve into it momentarily. Today we have the honor to have Rabbi Yenison Perry from Los Angeles, California. So Rabbi Yenison is actually a Tucson native, went to the University of Arizona, went to Yeshiva in Morristown, New Jersey, and today he lives in Los Angeles together with his wife and children. And he is part of a beautiful organization called Kamoicha, where they have a weekly Fabrengen, where they have a weekly class on Lakute Sichas, Project Lakute Sichas. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's good to, good to see you. Good to be able to fabray. So before we delve into the actual Pasuk and Rashi and uh, questions on how to learn Rashi, if you can give us a brief overview as to what's going on before we reach this verse of Vayishma Moshe that Moshe heard and listened to Aaron. What is this conversation? So, yeah. So basically, we have you know the inauguration of the of the Mishkan and the the Miluyim and the seven day process leading up to uh, you know the eighth day, which brings in the uh, the the Shechina finally you know comes down and and uh, they are able to to go on with the the rest of the inauguration of the Mishkan. And what happens is beforehand. Moshe tells, you know, Aaron and his sons, which, you know, which of the, you know, the, there's different, uh, uh, you know, carbonus that are being brought. There's the chattas, there's the oila, there's shlamim, there's, you know, menaches, there's, you know, the different, different carbonus that are being brought for different things. Uh, but in, in addition to that, there's also, first of all, Nachshin brings his, uh, you know, we read in, in uh, Nisan, we read the, the carbon that each Nasi brings, you know, a Nasi for each tribe. And so this was Rosh Chodesh Nisan, this was the first day, and this was the beginning of the, you know, the process. So Nachshain from the tribe of Yehuda, he brings his, and so that also gets brought. And, uh, but in addition to that, even also, it's Rosh Chodesh. So there's also the Chattas of, uh, of Rosh Chodesh, the sin offering that is brought for, uh, for the sin offering for Rosh Chodesh. So they bring the sacrifices, and the ones that are brought before the the Shechina is brought down, they 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 put the sacrifices and then they go into the Ailmaya, the tent of meeting. And there's an opinion that Maisha, you know, goes over the the bringing of the of the Keturis uh, with Aaron in that in that session, and they daven Hashem, and that the you know that the Karbana should be accepted. And so they come out, they bless the people, uh, the people, you know. Uh, bow and, and everything it's uh you know the first time that this is all happening and so the sons uh, not of an avil they know what comes after the the shechina comes what comes after hashem comes down and takes the the carbonus you go in and you do the katars you do the incense in the in the holy of holies so they do that without having been instructed to do so they do you know they had a, a zrizus and alacrity to, to go and do this thing that they they knew was supposed to happen but they they misstepped, they miscalculated, and um, the fire of Hashem comes and takes them by way of Nashikin. It's uh, you know comes and takes them. They're still intact, and but they've passed away. 
So as a result, uh, they've done some sacrifices and now this tragedy happens and Moshe tells Aaron and, and his two surviving sons, Elazar uh, and Isamar, that, uh, you know, it has to go on. We have to continue the, the service. So they bring the, the others, but what he tells them is that because they are the Kahanim, they're the, he's the Kohen Gadol and his two sons are going to be the, you know, uh, right there with him doing the same thing that he, Hashem has told me that you're not, you know, going to be doing, you know, don't grow, let your hair go. Don't tear your garments. That, so essentially not part, not completely, you know, going through the, the process of, of Avelis, of, of mourning. However, in that day, in that moment, when their sons, his sons passed away, they were in, in the status of Aninus. They were Aninim, which is the, the uh, I guess, the mourning of the immediate day that the, the passing and the burial, that that first step, that first, uh, you know, moment. And so as a result of being in that, in that status, uh, you know, they were to, supposed to still go on with the process. And Moshe tells them that. So they say, okay, if the reason why we're supposed to go continue on is for the inauguration, for the Miluyim, then all of the carbonas that are shaykh to that, obviously he wants us to keep, keep it going. So we'll do everything that's related to that. But as it pertains to the chatas, the, uh, for the Rosh Chodesh, that's something that's, gonna, that's repeating. That's going to be the Deiris, right? That's for the future. That's going to be forever. That's not necessarily just right now, for this inauguration that happens once in a lifetime. So as a result, he makes the he comes to the conclusion, Aaron, that we'll do the we'll we'll partake of the of the Kodshim the Kodshim, the Kodshim, the the carbonas that are for this inauguration, like Moshe said. But the things that are supposed to be for us that are not that don't have to do with the inauguration and are for future generations, we won't eat that. Which is, you know, which would be the halacha. So, um, Moshe comes to Aaron and uh, says, you know, says, "Why did you burn the, the chatas that was supposed to be?" You know, I told you. And you know, he's Moshe has a, you know, Moshe comes to Aaron about this, and well, he comes to Eliezer really, but he, you know, Aaron answers and tells him that this is the decision I made, and this is what it's based on, and you know, and so then it, it goes to the pasuk that the sicha is about. Beautiful. Okay, so so this that, that was a very good introduction to what's going on over here. Kache Shah, Kache Lederes. And this Pasuk is a continuation of Moshe hearing Aaron's point of view, his Svara. And, and Moshe had a different Svara. And now he, and after he hears Aaron's Svara, Aaron's rationale, Moshe says, Vayishma, the Torah says, Vayishma Moshe. Moshe heard, Moshe listened. Moshe accepted Vayitav Be'enov, and it was good in his eyes. He acknowledged this. And on this Rashi is really the beginning of the Sicha, is what we're going to explore in the beginning is the Rashi. What does Rashi say? Rashi says, shamati. And, on, and on these words, we have to, we have, we have Mefarshim, we have Gemara, we have Teres Kayanim, how to learn how to learn this Rashi, and some questions that the Rebbe will ask. So if you can j- briefly give us uh, a, an, an overview on how to learn this Rashi, based on the first and based on Gemara, and then from there we'll ask the question that the Rebbe asks. 
Yeah. So, so he, so the pasuk says, "Vayishma Moshe." In response to what Aaron says, he says, "Vayishma Moshe, vayita ve'enov." And he he so Moshe heard this and and it was good. He he appreciated it. So Rashi says on Rashi's Dibra Maskil is Vaita Ve'enov. That's what he's zeroing in on on this Pasuk is Vaita Ve'enov, that it was he he appreciated it. And it says, he and Rashi says, Hoida, he acknowledges this, Veloibaish, and he wasn't embarrassed, Loimar, Loishamati, saying, I didn't hear this. That's all Rashi gives us on it. Right. So and so and the Gemara and the Gemara fills in, fills in some gaps. How does the Gemara and how do we learn shot from the Gemara on how to view this Rashi? Let's just delve into that. So, okay. so what's interesting is uh, some of the Mafarshim, you know, on Rashi, they notice the the fact that he's taking from this Gemara. He seems to be taking the Lushan from the Gemara, but. Uh, sort of leaving out a piece because what uh, what the Gemara itself says it adds he said it says that um, it says it says right he right. acknowledges but wasn't embarrassed but he then he goes on to say that the Loimar was sorry the Loimar that I didn't hear. Ella rather instead he says shamaiti uh but I but I forgot. So the Gemara, yeah, so no no go okay. So the Gemara is saying that he it's a difference in understanding the that sentence, basically. So Rashi leaving it out leads us to believe something completely different. And I'll say why. Because the Gemara, when he says that um when the Gemara says that Rosh, that sorry, that Moshe acknowledges, but wasn't embarrassed, saying I hadn't heard. The Gemara is suggesting that if he were embarrassed, he would have said I didn't hear, because there's nothing wrong with saying hey, I, oh I didn't hear. If Aaron had the right answer, then the way of not you know showing that you're embarrassed, if you're not if you're embarrassed, you would say oh I didn't hear. Instead, he owns up to it. This is the Gemara. He owns up to it and says, you know what? I heard this, but I forgot. That was, that's the Gemara. But when the way Rashi puts it, by leaving out that second, that last piece of uh, Ella from Ella on that he heard but forgot, it looks like he's suggesting that Rashi or that Moshe rather, uh, that, that Moshe accepted and acknowledged it, wasn't embarrassed uh, to say that he forgot or that he didn't hear it rather then right so it's the right. difference it changes the the meaning right if Moshe heard it or not so um the Gemara learns that Shamatif Shachachti that he heard but he forgot and he wasn't embarrassed to say that and from the words of Rashi the Rashi doesn't doesn't include the word Shachachti Shamatif Shachachti and, and on that the Rebbe asks uh Rashi is is giving uh, is giving an insight for even for a five-year-old to be able to understand what the Pasuk is saying. And in order to understand what the Pasuk is saying, a key important component is knowing if he knew, if he heard it and forgot it, or if he never heard it, if he, if he never heard it at all. So Rashi would have wrote that in. Um, Rashi would have wrote that clearly in Rashi. So f- f- because based on this, the Rebbe asks, 
that it must be that Rashi um, has to be learning learning it different than the way the Gemara learns it. And and if you could actually a little bit later, I think in Sif uh, Dalid, the Rebbe gives us insight into the wording of of the pasuk in Shal Mikra as to why you Rashi is not is not learning like the Gemara. So if you can, uh, the Rebbe breaks it down into three into three um, problems that you have in the actual verse if you base it on the way the Gemara learns. Um, so if you could share some insight into that. Sure. Um, so first of all, like, like you said, Rashi is explaining this to the, you know, Chams the Mikra, the child. So it also is Prutusha Mikra. So it can't, when Rashi it quotes a Gemara or a Medrash or something like that, it has to also be that it fits perfectly with Prutusha Mikra. So the Gemara seems like it might be, you know, uh, interpreting or understanding the situation a certain way, but Rashi has to focus on Shemikra and what makes sense Shemikra. So the first thing that, uh, so Rashi has certain issues with it because of it being Shemikra. So first of all, he says, what's the, the Shevach? What's the praise in tell, saying that, uh, Meishir Rabbeinu wasn't embarrassed, so he didn't lie. That's the assumption. That's the implication. You know, he wasn't embarrassed, which means he would have. He wasn't embarrassed, and he might have said, "I didn't hear it." Instead, he owned up and said, "We're saying this about Meishir Rabbeinu, Rashi." That so this is what this is the first problem, right? Why are we saying that Rashi or that Meishir Rabbeinu Chasur would ever say something besides the truth? Uh the second thing is if Maisha had heard this before, why is he saying it pleased him? This is from Hashem. He already heard it, especially. Why is it right? And so in addition to that, um, so the, the biggest problem with the is that why then doesn't it say it was pleasing to Hashem, right? Right. right. Why Moshe? Why is that right. Moshe? Right. It would have said, Right. If that's Pshatz. So from this, we have, a, from this, from this, the Rebbe concludes that we have a major, there's, if Rash, if this was, if this was what Rashi meant, he would have said that clearly. And therefore, we must learn Rashi Kipshutai, literally, that Shama, he didn't hear it. So if you could give us, so, so just to conclude, so now, Taka, how do we learn Rashi? According, according, based on this, how do we conclude and how do we learn Rashi? So one of the things that comes, that, that is brought uh, in regards to this, and I think it's in some of the Mepharshim, is they try to make sense of the word Vaishma. That, that Moshe had heard. So I think it's the, the Divrei David, the, you know, the, who wrote the Taz, points out that Vaishma is almost an extra word because Vaita Ve'enav, he's acknowledging or accepting and appreciating. So Vaishma is either it's an extra word or it's coming to show us Vaishma, Moshe, he had heard it, right? So he's trying to make sense of this, these, these two sections, these two pieces of this puzzle. So by, the problem is then it should be 
shama. Right. That it should be heard. I had heard, right? But so the real explanation for Vaishma is as he uses it elsewhere, is Shamata uh, Lukolishtacha, when Hashem tells you know about Adamarishan that he listened to his wife. Uh, and also uh with Yosef when his brothers are talking and, and, and it says Shaimeya Yosef that Yosef heard that it doesn't just mean heard it means listened and understood right and accepted so it seemingly would be kind of uh, superfluous to say Vaishma Moshe and Vaita Be'enav because really the break it doesn't say Shama it says Vaishma meaning he heard it now in this situation right. not before so you can't say so Rashi specifically doesn't accept that and it's also he noted he mentions that the Dibra Maskal is not on the Vaishma that right. is on the Vaita Be'enav so this fact that the of the Shama and Vaishma of listening is that's the acceptance that's where he accepts it and then right. the end of, and that he enjoyed it and he, or he appreciated it and that he wasn't embarrassed is really a reference to the fact that he then told he then shared that he expressed oh. it publicly that he went he went uh, and told people about this right beautiful svar of his brother right right so so that means that Baishma Moshe that's enough Baita of is what is what is what Rashi is focusing on why does why does Rashi caption Vaitav Be'enav? What's the Chiddush in Vaitav Be'enav? Vaishma Moshe, he acknowledged it. He accepted it. As we know, Shema, listen, means that you're Mekabel and with Das. So he, we already have the full acceptance from Moshe. What's Vaitav Be'enav? And that Rashi comes and says that there was another thing over here. There's another Nekuda that, that Moshe did. He was, he was, so, he was so impressed. And he was so taken by his brother Aaron that he went, he went and he spread the news about this, this take, this take of Aaron. He shared it with others. Um, okay. So from here, from here, the Rebbe goes on to Yenish al in, in, in Sif Zayn. And this is really uh, an amazing, an amazing part of the Sikha, the way the Rebbe speaks about the two views you know, Moshe's, what's, what, what's at Moshe's core? What's Moshe's worldview? And what's Arin's worldview? And there's actually other sikhas where the Rebbe talks about this, which we're going to get into. But before we go into Primus and Yonim, the Rebbe, asks, the Rebbe asks a question. This whole discussion with Moshe and Arin is a, is a, it's a seicheldika discussion. It's a logical discussion. And Moshe had his svara and Arin had his svara. So what exactly happened over here that first, Moshe, Moshe saw it from one angle, from one perspective, and then Aaron shared his perspective, and then Moshe changed his perspective. Mm-hmm. What's going on over here? First, uh, the first part is, um, wh- why are they, what's the Svar Samachlekes? Why, what's the log- why are they following a certain way of thinking? What's the reason for that way of thinking? Number one. Number two, what changed when Aaron shared his view that Moshe now is on board with Aaron? So if you could share with us the Pnimis and Yanim and Zion, the way the Rebbe beautifully explains the difference of Moshe and Aaron. Absolutely. Uh, and one of the things that kind of, when I first started you know, learning Sikhas, that blew me away was the fact is the way that the Rebbe would kind of show that the, the way to really, truly understand 
whether it be a Rashi or, or a Rambam or anything like that, that, he, that it's through Panimia Satoira that you can actually understand it. Because of the Lambdas, that he brings all these different Mepharshim and, and explanations and answers and then points out maybe certain things that then don't jive with the other explanations or even a simple explanation was if it's regarding Rashi like us, and then brings the, the uh, Panimia Satoira and then, and then it all makes sense. Yeah. And it's uh, so in classic fashion, he does this here with understanding the difference between the two Svaras based on understanding the difference between the two individuals, like you said. So Maisha uh, represents Emes, right? The Maisha is Emes, which is truth. And truth is unchanging. Truth is truth. Truth is what it is now, what it is later, what it was before, what it is up, what it is down. Truth is truth. And that's Moshe. So his opinion on the Kodshe, on the on the Kodshe Daughters and the Kodshe uh, uh, Shah is that it's the same. It's Kodshim. So it's the it's the same. It's now and it's forever. Right. However, Aaron is Chesed. Aaron is Chesed, right? Um Shalom, Raidif Shalom, you know, Ayev Sabriya is carbon the Tater that he loved he loved peace, he pursued peace and and loved, you know, loved people who they're even people whose only uh you know redeeming quality is that they were created by Hashem he loved them too and he brought them he drew them into Torah in, through this love so he is chesed and the fact that that's what represents this you know that this dynamic of Aaron shows that his explanation or his svara on there being a difference between Kadshe Shah and Kadshe Ladurus shows that chesed is about the recipient and making the recipient happy or whatever it is that you're, you're trying to give to the recipient is based on the recipient. The recipient has to be, you know, the, the information or the transfer what has to be done in a way that is tailored for the, for the recipient in a certain way, right? So the MS has to get to the recipient, right? So it's still MS, but it's by way of, you know, being tailored for the recipient. Therefore, he saw the difference between Kodshe Shah and Kodshe Doris. Things, right, you know. right. It's it's interesting. Aleph Mem Tough is the beginning of the Aleph base. Aleph Mem is the middle. Tough is the end. So MS Truth is in all times, all places, and in all circumstances. Yeah. Um, we actually see this with, uh, let's say, for example, now we're we're almost at the Yom Tov of Pesach. So you can first of all you can go anywhere in the world and you find a seder. Chabad has a starim everywhere. But number two, every seder that you go to in in all types of and all types of Jews who grew up in all different types of places, you're going to see the MS of Yiddishkeit, how we're, we're, we keep Pesach exactly the way we kept Pesach uh, thousands of years before. We still keep it in all times, in all places, and in all circumstances. There's another union of MS. You, you find it in oil. When the Rebbe, when the Rebbe uh, spoke about Sichas during Hanukkah, the, 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 what's the... the the DNA of oil, the MS of oil, oil never mixes. So you could take any type of uh, substance or liquid and the oil will always rise to the top. So the MS of oil is that it rises to the top and it doesn't mix with any other uh, waters. Um, actually, I want to share a quick story um, that very much connects to, to the Sikha later on as well. Of, of the of the the tandem of Moshe and Aaron, how they work together, which we'll get to soon, but I think it's already Nagea here. Um, so the Mittler Rebbe was uh, was doing uh, was doing Yichidus, private audiences with Chassidim that uh, on a certain day, and he um, 
And after uh, one chassid left, he told chassidim, he, he closed his door and he, uh, and he stayed in his room, in his yichidus room for many, many hours. And the chassidim outside the door heard the Rebbe crying and davening and weeping. And the Rebbe came out, the middle Rebbe came out and he, he was very weak for a few days. A few days later, one of the elder chassidim approached the Mittler Rebbe and said, you know, what happened? So the Mittler Rebbe said that, what is the Yechidus? What is this moment of a Rebbe and a chassid? This moment is that the Rebbe wants to help the chassid. So he, the Rebbe, so the person shares his spiritual illness where he's struggling and in order for the Rebbe to help the person, the Rebbe must find in himself some sort of resemblance of what the person is struggling with, then see how to fix it uh, in himself, and then advise uh, advise the chassids. But this person, that day, this person came with an extremely terrible spiritual illness. And the middle Rebbe said, if the Ebishter sent me this chassid, it's Ashkacha Pratis, that this chassid is coming to me. And if this chassid is coming to me, then I must have some sort of a harala, of a resemblance, of a small something, minute something of this, what this chassid is struggling with. And it shook me to my core. This Indian shook me to my core. And I began doing tshuva. I began doing tshuva because of this incident. And that weakened the Mittler Rebbe. So from this story, you see the dynamic of the relationship of a Rebbe. Like like a like a Moshe and a Arin, that the 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 Rebbe is mislabish in 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 clothes himself into the matter into the person where that person is to the extent that the Rebbe that the middle Rebbe had to find something that resembled that resembled what the Chassid is going through and then help the Chassid, which this is very much how much involved how involved. And this is Aaron Chesed to, to see the Chassid as wholesome and complete and, and, and connected and holy. So just Thomas story. It's a great story. And it, you know, like you said, that it kind of touches on something later. You're absolutely right. That's the fact that it was, it's the Mittler Rebbe. You know, he's, he was the Moshe Rabbeinu and he was Emes. And he had to, the whole Indian of Yechidus is exactly what the Sikha is talking about. The fact that while there's the two different, you know, the two different personalities we have of Moshe being Emes and, and you know, the next uh, Sifi goes on to say that he's the Shushvina, the Malka, that Moshe is the, you know, the, um, the escort, he escorts the, uh, the king and Aaron is the Shushvina, the, the Matranisa of the bride, which is the Jewish people that these are two kind of, you know, Moshe brings down Emes and Aaron is trying to elevate the people who are on this lower level. And by Moshe accepting, accepting Aaron's Svara, which is the Svara of Chesed, it doesn't only validate this Svara as being the Svara, as it exists in the Svara of Chesed, but it also shows an, an acceptance and an acknowledgement that even in Midasa Emes, that mm. this is the proper way. And that's that's the Rebbe. That's the Rebbe is is having this, is being M, both Emes and, and Chesed and having that, 
that you know that story is exactly exactly that which is which is where it goes where where the sikha develops right. where where it goes next which which um later we we later on in tess there's another major nakuda here in this sikha that i that i very much resonate and uh, and and gives us a certain approach to yiddishkeit which is very much associated with shlichus and chassidus and, and really Darashvi, our generation, Rebbe, and really ties back into Kachi Shah and Kachi Deires, where you have you have you have carbonis of the moment. In other words, you have a connection of the moment. It's not a it's not gonna, there's not gonna be another spiritual experience like this, which ties into the idea of we have these awakenings that are momentarily, and do they mean anything? You know, does an inspiration in the moment mean anything? Or if a person does only a certain amount of mitzvahs and not other mitzvahs, so to say, they're not uh, completely dedicated, which we'll get to in the end of the sikha as well, on how a person should view himself. But does is that holy? Is that an Indian of Bleak Volner? That gives an example in Tanya of a, of a Benini, that when does a Benini reach the highest level? When is it? That's only during davening. After davening, he goes back. So it's kachesha. So we see openly, but but yet, but yet it's real. So if you could elaborate a little bit on the difference between a tzaddik and a, and a benini, a tzaddik and a baltshuva, really, um, on how sure. this Indian plays in. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's great. He brings this you know from the from the Tanya about the the avoda of a, of a tzaddik. Uh, which is pure emes all the time. Our right? tzaddik is just firing, uh, firing at that cylinder constantly. So if that's emes, just like we learned earlier, emes is emes. It's emes before. It's emes later. It's emes now. Like you said, aleph mem tes or uh, tough rather. Emes is is constant. It's consistent. So if emes is consistent in the in the way of emes of understanding it through the lens of emes you would think that anything inconsistent is hebeche emes and so he points out that that's not necessarily true and he brings the benini that a benini has moments where they're they're on fire you know and moments where they may not be inspired they're still living righteously obviously in the you know the tanya obviously goes into into what uh, what a benini's Avoida, or what Abainani's actions look like. But in terms of the Avoida, the, the fact is that the inspiration, you know, waxes and wanes, it comes and goes. And points out that by way of, I don't know if you wanted to go doing the Shema or the Me'aidecha. Um, We're going to go there. We're going to go there. Okay. Okay. Sure. But in the next, in the next paragraph, this, this very fascinating insight. As, in other words, what's the Raya? What's the proof that this is MS? So the answer is, is that there's no such thing as any truth outside of Hashem. That uh, means a nivra, a creation. What's a creation? All of creation is just an expression of Hashem. That means if there is a moment where a person has a godly experience, you must say that's the Abish there involved in that godly in that moment with the creation. Uh-huh. That's the, that's the Raya. So therefore, yeah. it's MS. Even though it's just for it's a moment, it's a moment of MS, but you must say that that moment is 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 influenced 
and inspired by Hashem. And, and there, let's get into Maidecha. Let's try to Maidecha. If you could share. So from Maidecha, that it's Maid Shelcha, that he breaks down, that Maidecha, right. with, with your might, with all your might, your ability. And the fact is that, like you said, if you see Emes, you're seeing the Emes of Hashem, because Hashem is the only true Emes. So if you're seeing something that's Emes, that's what it is. So a person who's not a tzaddik, who's not always tapped in, they're still able to tap in to the Emes. And so how can a person who is inconsistent and seemingly, if inconsistency is not Emes, how can they ever have Emes? It's because just like Emes is bleak vul, so a person has to tap into their own bleak vul. And everybody's bleak vul is a different level, is a different oh, thing. Right. So this person, so me'oid decha, me'oid shalcha, your might, your bleak vul taps into the only true bleak vul, which is Hashem, and brings that down. So when you see somebody else's bleak vul, or if you see your own bleak vul, or my own bleak vul, that you're seeing Hashem. Yeah. The only true bleak vul. Yeah. Which is, which is another amazing vart because every moment it's it's the rebbe explains the difference between doing something all of the time versus doing something temporarily and the beauty of temporary temporary doing something just for a moment um embracing that truth in that moment which is an unbelievable insight. And in Mo'idecha, don't look at somebody else how they how they're they're doing a, a bleakvul moment. Maybe your maybe your your bleakvul moment is their gvul moment. You don't know. Your bleakvul could be somebody else's gvul. But if you tap into your bleakvul, which could be not so big for somebody else, you're going to open the floodgates of the Abishter Milmailamata. For the Abishter to share with you his bleakvul. Exactly. It's interesting. It's interesting in, in, in Yuralif, the Rebbe explains that Moshe is Atsilus, that Moshe is Atsilus, and Atsilus plays two roles. There's Atsilus as Atsilus is disconnected from the world. It, it's, it's, it's a godly, it's a godly world. It's not a, a world of creation. It's a world that is consumed by the Abishter, where the Abishter is revealed. But then there is Atsilus for what the purpose of Atsilus is, is for, is to make a Didalei Sparech. And if you can and, and, and if you can elaborate on that, how that how that plays with Shushvin of the Malka, with with Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, and why Aaron? Let's go back to the original question. Why Moshe? What was this discussion of Moshe and Aaron? And why did Moshe, based on this explanation of Atzilus, the, the two components of Atzilus, the two components of Moshe, why Moshe changed his mind and agreed with Aaron? So, yeah, this was, um, you know, just to kind of, I kind of want to mention so the thing that you said before about the bleak vul, um, that kind of to, to own your own bleak vul is a big deal. I think one of the things that kind of it was in, like impressed me about Tanya or got me like, drawn to Tanya was it's, 
it's truth. It's so true. And it's sometimes an uncomfortable truth to really look at yourself and think, where am I holding? But what's, but what's so great about that is there's a responsibility with that. And also it gives you the ability to kind of analyze what's next, to analyze what you should be doing. And when you're realistic with, with yourself, it, you're able to kind of see beyond where you're holding and what's next. And you're also able to be proud of where you are, you know? And, and so when Moshe, who is at Silas, is re and represents this as Shushvina de Malka, he represents the bringing down of Emes from Atzilus, the world of Atzilus, where uh, you know it says that Hashem and all of the, all of his attributes in Atzilus are one. There's no distinction. So we're talking about just pure godliness, true bleak vul Emes, like we said before, is in Atzilus, and that's where Moshe Rabbeinu is is pulling, drawing down from and into this world. The reality is, so there's Atzilus as it exists. For itself, Atzilus has its existence and its reality, but as we know from Basilagani and from all the you know different things uh, you know that are you know uh, paramount in the uh, that are oops, sorry that are paramount in our you know understanding of kind of what, what the importance of the world and and you know in this the different you know. I guess, layers of what that means, that the ultimate purpose was for this physical world, right? That the Shekhinah was here and that this is the purpose. And the proof of that is there's nothing beyond this world. Everything is above this world. Everything is a preface for this world and this world is the end result. So the importance is here on this world. And Moshe acknowledging that and appreciating that is what Vait Be'enav means is that it's not just that Moshe appreciated what, he was, what his svara was. He appreciated what this means in a bigger scale. He appreciated what that represents for both he and Aaron, the svara, but also what it means in, in the grand scheme of all of existence. Beautiful. Um, let's go to the Haira in Yudbeis, Sif Yudbeis, how the Rebbe lays out how a Yid should look at himself, should view himself, a, a person, a Jew, must view himself that he has the full potential to be MS. He could, he or she could be bleakful at the highest level from a Moshe perspective. But when you view another Yids, you should have the Arin. You should have the Arin, the Arin perspective on viewing another Yid. For you, you have to see yourself to, to, to be the best you can in all places, in all times, in all circumstances, and to live up to that high standard, but when you look at another Yid, and when you engage with another Yid, you should look at them the way Aaron, you should, you should get down to their level, um, connect with them where they are. And it's interesting because in a certain way, even the first part where, where the Rebbe says that yourself, you're, you should look at yourself at from the highest level, but that's why we also have a Rebbe. Like in back in the in the story, the Rebbe gets down to our level to help us reach the level of Anihavayalishonisi. So that we always have we always have somebody that's outside of us that sees us exactly for where we are, that shares that iron inside of us. 
But we ourselves, from a perspective of ourselves, we have to look at ourselves from the Moshe, from the Emes perspective. Yeah, uh, and I and part of that, uh, you know, the fact that the pasuk goes on Ania Vaylishanisi and goes on to say Viatim Bnei Yaakov. This is also shaykh to you. You know, you have Hashem in you. Neshama is a chelik elokamim ma'amish. You have within you, like you said, this bleak vul that comes from Hashem because you have Hashem, and you're able to tap into that. And that's, uh, you know, what's what's going on in terms of yourself. Is says a person is supposed to see their their own avoda anshinli without any change that they are consistent, and you're supposed to hold yourself to that to that uh, to that madrega at least. That's your intention. Um, but when you deal with people who are on, you know, maybe holding in a different place, that uh, it's important that you treat them like Aaron, be, be as a disciple of Aaron, right? Learn from Aaron right. and, and, and follow that, that model of, of loving people and bringing them that way. And, uh, and the fact that a person is supposed to have both is also... You know, the Rebbe kind of, I think he said pre, like earlier in the Sikha about the fact that when it says that Aaron, who was Chesed, is, you know, Makarvan the Torah, brings his people to Torah, that the Torah is called Torah's Moshe. So that even Chesed is also Shaykh to this level of Moshe that, that goes into that Vayit of Be'enav, but specifically as it pertains to the Ha'ira for our Avaita, is that we hold ourselves in this level of MS, but rep- recognizing that from that place of MS, we go out uh, and treat others with, with chesed. And that it's the chesed and that love that comes from chesed, that ava, that brings, that'll bring people to, you know, to, to, to Torah, to Hashem. Beautiful, Rabbi Yenison. When Emes and chesed embrace, we accomplish Nisabak and Shabbat Hashem, 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 Hashem,